Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to the Graceland Church Podcast. Our mission is to follow Jesus and love our neighbor for the good of the city. Merry Christmas, church. It's good to have you guys in the house. How's everybody feeling? I heard nothing. Feeling terrible tonight? Come on. We're honored to have you here. Uh, thanks for being flexible with our space. Uh, we do two services on Sundays, so we're not usually in one room. We added over 60 chairs into the room for tonight. And of course, there's some out there. For you guys that don't know us and it's your first time here, we're so honored for you to come worship with us just for an hour on Christmas Eve. My name's Nathan Kolar. I'm honored to be our lead pastor here. My wife, Jessica, is the one who was just uh, reading the story. And you heard from some of our staff earlier, uh, Oscar Brajas Jr. Uh, came and read the scripture and prayed, and Heather Houlet, one of our other staff members, shared a few announcements. Uh, on behalf of all of us, we just wanna wish you a very Merry Christmas. Um, Christmas is a very emotional season, and I wanna share just for a few minutes, and when I'm done, we're gonna sing Silent Night with our candles, and we're gonna hear one special song and pray, and then we'll be dismissed. Uh, but before we do, just a couple thoughts, kind of an unusual Christmas Eve message. And just to help set it up, we're going to do a little experiment. And kids, I need you to answer this too. How many of you kids or adults who are like kids, I'm looking at you, Victor, are excited for Christmas? Give it to me. By show of applause. All right. Okay, another question. How many of you adults and kids are excited to see family? <laughs> a little bit more of a mixed response on that one, usually. Jess and I are going to fly on Sunday night up to Pennsylvania to see our two families. We'll be there for a little bit after our Sunday morning services. Another question. By round of applause, how many of you have a heightened sense of joy around Christmas time? A lot of people. That's good. That's wonderful. This last one, I'm not going to ask you to applaud or raise your hands. Uh, but if we've lived for any amount of time, we know that we also experience heightened pain, sadness, and sometimes fear, and all kinds of emotions around Christmas. And sometimes, like Oscar prayed earlier, uh, the season of Christmas does not seem like a joyful, light-filled season. It actually can seem like it's filled with darkness. And we just want to acknowledge that. And more than that, I want to read to you the Christmas story and just point out a few simple things to show you that you are not alone in your emotions on Christmas. In fact, the first Christmas, what we are remembering and celebrating today, yes, was joyful, but there were a lot of other emotions that we don't often talk about. And let me just set it up by saying, just this week, I received calls from people in our church or around our community that I needed to pray with, pastoral care calls, things like anger and confusion over the loss of a friend, the death of someone. Things like the loss of joy because of a broken relationship with a family member. Things like rage because of the betrayal someone just experienced. Things like pain over finding out they lost trust with their spouse. Things like loneliness due to broken family relationships. I could go on and on. Those are all true calls from the last four days. And here's the reason we can take heart even in the midst of our mixed emotions. Number one, I doubt any of you are gonna take notes, but it will be on screen and they're on your uh, welcome card for you OCD people that need to fill out every note. It's gonna be right here. Thank you, Misha. If one person appreciates it, it's all worth it to me. All I need is one OCD person. The first Christmas included a vast array of human emotions. 
And that's good news for us because all of the characters we read about in scripture, all these people that actually lived were exactly human sized. I love that language. I learned that from a counselor named Steve Cuss. He says, don't forget, we're all just exactly human sized. And that's true for everyone in scripture as well. Scripture even says that Jesus, our great high priest, the one who we're celebrating being born, it says that Jesus himself, who became a man, moved into our neighborhood, can relate to every emotion that we feel. That's incredibly good news by itself. Number two in your notes, the message of Christmas, God with us and for us, that's the message, transforms how we respond to our emotions. What we're celebrating right now changes everything about the internal storm that we sometimes have. And we're gonna look at the famous story, a few different chapters, starting in Luke chapter one. This is actually before the birth of Jesus, nine months before. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. So we see at the onset of Christmas, before even the craziness that is to come, Mary experienced the emotions of being greatly troubled. In fact, you could argue that the very first human response to the good news announcement about Jesus was being greatly troubled. And that means we're in good company because we're exactly human size. To be greatly troubled is to be anxious, concerned, dismayed, distressed, and upset. And you might feel greatly troubled about some things in your life right now. I don't know the vast array of things that are going on in this room, but you might feel incredibly lonely even though you're in a room full of people. You might feel incredible anxiety because of financial insecurity. You know coming into 2022, Your income is not quite matching your expenses, and that's a tough reality to live in. You might be dealing with some of the things I mentioned earlier and have a sense of hopelessness or despair. You might be afraid about decisions coming up in your future. You might feel like Mary, greatly troubled. That's how she felt, reading on in verse 30. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus, he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So Mary, just a teenage girl at this point, responds in an incredibly beautiful way. Rather than running or rather than just collapsing, she says, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I I'm a virgin. Number four in your notes, here at the onset of Christmas, before we even get to the birth of Jesus, Mary, after being greatly troubled, now experienced confusion, hesitancy, and doubt based on new information that did not make sense. The angel is speaking something to her on behalf of God. So God is speaking something to young Mary, which by the way, Young teenagers and kids can handle a lot more than we think as adults. Look at the one who was chosen by God to be used to do this work. All of us old folks are cast aside. He's going to a teenager 
and God is speaking to her something that makes no sense. We're looking back on the story, knowing what happened, and it still doesn't make sense. Imagine how she felt. And we all have experienced a lot of new information that doesn't always make sense, especially over these last couple of years. Sometimes we don't know what information to trust. We hear messages from culture. We hear messages from politicians, from friends, from family. We don't even know what is true. But sometimes, like with Mary, we don't even understand what God is saying to us. You might be wondering this Christmas, God, I have no idea what you're doing in my life. This doesn't look anything like I planned. God, this would take a miracle. In fact, the hopes and dreams of my heart, they're actually just seem impossible. I don't even think what you're saying to me is possible. That's how Mary's feeling. She's saying, how in the world is this gonna happen? So if you're confused and doubting or hesitant, you're in really good company. With Mary, the mother of Jesus, reading on in verse 35, the angel answered, the holy, by the way, kids are totally fine making noise. My whole life is like this. You know, this is actually peace and quiet right now. I'm not used to this, this kind of quiet. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. And I love this, for no word from God will ever fail. And so what we start to see here is this picture of the truth about God and the truth about his promise and the truth about the message of Christmas. And that is that God works in the midst of all of our human emotions. And that's really good news because sometimes when we feel our emotions, we think we're disqualified. We think we're out of the story now. We compare ourselves to others that we don't think are struggling in the same way and we step back. But in reality, the very first Christmas was an emotional mess, yet no word from God will ever fail. This is the message. This is why it's such good news because God just does it and it's not dependent on us other than what we see in her response. This is, this is the entirety of our participation with the gospel right here. And this is so beautiful. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be to me. May your word to me be fulfilled. I imagine she's shaking here. I imagine she is still afraid. She is still doubting. She's still struggling. But she's saying, I recognize my emotion, but I wanna choose to agree with what God is saying to me through his messenger right now. And I'm gonna say yes to it. Number five in your notes, learn to recognize your emotions, bring them to God in prayer and agree with what God says. A little bit of counseling session for us all. I was raised by a pastor and a marriage and family therapist, and I've seen counselors quite a bit in my life. This is, this is about emotional health, but it's biblical. Learn to recognize the emotions. Whatever you're feeling, I encourage you to notice it. Pause long enough to recognize what's happening inside of you, even if that takes a conversation with a friend or with a counselor. Years ago, I remember seeing a counselor for the first time in my adult life, and I was struggling with anger so much. I was a young pastor. We lived on the West Coast. I was probably in my mid to late 20s. And I was just struggling with anger. And one of the first things the counselor said to me as I sat with him was he said, you know, anger is pain trying to express itself. 
So let's talk about what's under the anger. It's usually pain. And I sat long enough to start to realize how true that was for me in this moment. But it took pausing, listening, speaking, recognizing. I don't know if you've experienced this, but there's something so powerful about just naming what you're feeling. You can be riddled with fear for years and it can be dominating you. You know those times when your, ma- your emotions are managing you instead of you managing your emotions? You can be getting crushed by anxiety, fear and worry, but there's something about stopping long enough, educating yourself, praying, seeing a counselor, talking to a friend. If you can start to notice it and name it, you can start to kind of differentiate from it. That's another counseling term. You can realize this, I might be feeling like a total failure right now. But wait a second, that's here. And that does not mean that that is exactly who I am. You can start to see it. So stop and recognize it. Then do what Mary did. She talked to the angel. Now we, we're talking directly to the living God. I don't know if you believe that or not, but I believe that with all my heart. Through the Holy Spirit, Scripture says that you have direct access to talk to God and hear from God. We have his word written to us. It is what he wants to say to us. And this Bible promises that the Holy Spirit will lead us, guide our steps, direct us, so you can talk to him like Mary did. So recognize your emotion, talk to him about your emotion. And I even mean those deep, dark emotions. You might be feeling nothing but hatred towards someone this Christmas. I talked to one person this week, not in our church family, so you don't have to try to guess. (laughs) But they hate someone right now. I'm not gonna go into the details. We have kids in the room. And I was talking to this person and just praying with them. And the same is true for that deep of an emotion. It's there. He can't magically make it go away, but he can recognize it and talk and begin to talk to God about it and begin to converse about it. And then, this part is so important, agree with what God says. Start to agree with what God says. And by the way, we focused on Mary, but last couple minutes, and these won't even be in your notes, Joseph dealt with all the emotions as well, probably a little differently, but think about Joseph. He was betrothed to be married to Mary. He was a little bit older. His soon-to-be wife got pregnant and it was not him. And the stakes were even higher then. Mary could have gotten stoned for that. They would have both been publicly disgraced. His ego is threatened to the core. His goals are blocked. Everything he thought was gonna be is not gonna be because his young wife is now pregnant and they're not married yet. He knows it wasn't him, but who knows what everyone else will say. He's embarrassed. Scripture says he planned on divorcing her quietly. Probably the, the most Integrous thing he could do in that moment. I'll divorce her quietly. I'll move on. I don't want her to be publicly disgraced. Let's just end the thing now. Then the angel visits Joseph. And he's like, no, Joseph, I'm not gonna read all the text because of time. He says, no, Joseph, I'm doing this. I put the baby inside of Mary. He is going to be the son of God. He is gonna be the hope of the world. He is the savior. He is the Messiah that you have longed for. Quite a pill to swallow for Joseph. At the onset of Christmas, Joseph experienced profound fear and anger. Profound fear and anger. Beyond probably what most of us are feeling right now, but similar. He was terrified of what this would mean. And my dad used to always teach me growing up, there are only two reasons to ever be angry. Your ego is threatened or your goal is blocked. And Joseph was right in the middle of those two things to the core. And he was angry. 
What would everyone say? Thankfully, he did the same thing as Mary and he was willing to speak to God through the angel and hear these messages. And he managed his emotions rather than his emotions managing him. And he said, yes. Then fast forward nine months and we get to the actual time when Jesus is about to be born. If you haven't read the story in a while, I'll summarize it. But basically she's in her last term of pregnancy. Caesar Augustus issued a decree that there would be a census of the entire Roman world, which forced pregnant Mary and Joseph on a 90-mile journey to Bethlehem because that's where he was from and that's where he had to go for the census. So bear with me here. During the first Christmas, Mary and Joseph experienced the emotions of an unwanted government mandate. It's not even funny, it's true. (laughs) They were forced by their government to do something way beyond what most of us here have ever been forced to do. A 90-mile journey then was treacherous. It was long. He had a wife pregnant in her last term. They had to comply. This is the first Christmas. I bet you Joseph was steaming angry. I bet you he felt like all his goals were blocked again. Mary as well. They had to go on an unwanted government mandate, treacherous journey. And when they finally got there, you know what they experienced? No open doors. Nowhere to go. Thank you, God, for the open doors. I thought you sent me here. I thought this was the son of God. I thought we were doing your work. I get emotional about that one because my wife and I have felt that a number of times. We've had that exact feeling, Lord. And not to say we experienced anything like Mary and Joseph, but we've had that feeling, Lord, you have sent us. You have called us. Why are we experiencing this? Have you ever experienced that? Think about young Mary and Joseph doing what the angel told them to do about to have a baby, and they can't find a room. Of course, they end up having the baby in a manger. The most holy, beautiful birth. The promise of God, the savior of the world, the king of all kings. This is who our God is. No accolades. No one even knows. No one cares. No room. Nothing. I remember when my wife was about to give birth to our fourth and final child, Clay. Like how I I always include final. I'm like. (laughs) (laughs) That was my wife. We, you'll remember this. She was literally in labor. She was starting her contractions. And we were trying to sell a house in Pennsylvania Um, that we had owned for 10 years and it just never bounced back after the recession. I bought it in like 07 or something like that. And we were losing so much money on it. Our whole time in California, we kept it. We got here, just got to the point, we gotta get rid of this. We weren't even sure if we were gonna get rid of it. This house might sink us financially, what would have been a great investment. And it all culminated at the exact moment that my wife went into labor. And we had to do like that really long packet of stuff in front of a notary in order to finalize the sale. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? You that have ever sold a house? So we had to go to the UPS store. We have no one to leave our kids with. We're new in Nashville. We don't know anyone. 
So we have all three of our daughters who are bored, tired, frustrated, hungry. We're in the UPS store. My wife is in labor. She's having contractions. The reason we all have to be there is we both have to sign in front of the notary. We have no option here. This was up in Green Hills, Nashville. And we got the meanest, most frustrated UPS worker I've ever seen in my life. He gave zero acknowledgement. We were trying to like take care of our kids in the corner, giving them like little screens to watch. We were trying to stop meltdowns. I was trying to figure out if I had to actually rush my wife to the hospital. Sometimes with a fourth kid, they come out quick. And we were, I was like, I don't know what to do here, but we need to sell this house. We're literally going through the pages with this guy. She is doing breathing exercises standing there. And the UPS guy is like, well, he wants us to just fall off the face of the earth and not be there. I'm like, dude, my wife is having a baby. Cut us a break. I can't believe this UPS guy. I can't believe it. Thankfully, we signed all the documents and actually we got the notice that the house was officially sold the day we left the hospital with Clay. It was amazing. It was amazing. But it's such a small little example but yet in our modern world with all the convenience of hospitals and everything, Mary and Joseph were facing hardships far beyond that with none of the conveniences. And I just wanna remind you that the first Christmas was human. <laughs> and I want you to understand that you are not alone in however you feel right now. I don't care what emotion you have right now, you're not alone with it. And it doesn't disqualify you from belonging to God. It doesn't disqualify you from the good news of Jesus. It doesn't disqualify you from the blessing of God. It doesn't disqualify you from the favor of God because the good news is that he has done it for you and all you can do is just say yes. And by saying yes, it doesn't magically fix all the emotions. But we start to be transformed from the inside out. We start to learn how to manage them better because of this good news. The way it can practically look, and I'm gonna end here with this, recognize your fear. You might need to say in your heart right now, I am terrified about next year. I'm terrified about 10 years from now. I'm filled with nothing but anxiety about my job. I'm filled with nothing but worry about this or that. You fill in the blank, acknowledge it, choose right now, bring it to God in prayer, and then begin to agree with God that though you feel fear, you can start to trust him. Though you feel worry, you can start to say, wait a second, God, you said, in this message of Christmas that you are with me and you are for me. So that means I can trust you. So you start to train your emotional responses. Are you tracking with me? Recognize your anger. For sure in a room with this many people, there are those in the room that are just ticked off and you will get angry with all the hustle and bustle of the season. I was joking with someone the other day about how I got frustrated at the end of us going and seeing all the beautiful Christmas lights because I was just tired. It didn't take any persecution. Didn't, I was driving around in our Honda, a pilot. I had popcorn in my lap. We were looking at lights. I had hot chocolate. People were giving us free candy canes. I had my wonderful family in the car. And by the end of it, I was like, oh, I don't even want to breathe anymore. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? It's like the emotions. It didn't take much, but I got there. Bring your anger to God in prayer, including the things that are much more serious and begin to agree with God that you don't have to live angry. You can begin to have a glad surrender. You begin to release your life into his hands, release outcomes into his hands, release the outcome of what's gonna happen tonight and tomorrow morning into his hands. 
Recognize your pain, bring it to God in prayer. Agree with God that he will use your pain to call you into greater intimacy with him. He will redeem your pain. It's not just gonna go away, but he will meet you there. Emmanuel, God with you. Recognize your trouble, bring it to God in prayer and agree with God that you don't have to carry your trouble alone. You can walk with him. And I'm gonna ask Jessica and Rochelle to come back up. Even when you feel like you fail miserably at all these things, because we all do, the good news is still for you. And that's how I wanna end. There's a version of a song that we're gonna teach you right now. And you can just sit and listen, sing along if you start to learn it. And it's called, Come All You Unfaithful. Because we are all unfaithful. Do you realize that? Now I'm not saying make excuses for your sin. I'm not saying don't worry about God's call on your life. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is scripture is clear. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Who has sinned? All. I have sinned, you have sinned. You know what we are? Unfaithful. <laughs> so the song, Oh Come All You Faithful, it's like, uh, am I allowed to go? In Christ I am, but not by myself. So I love this reworking of the song that says, come all you unfaithful. And this goes for us kids too. It's like I said, us, us kids. <laughs> I'm trying to hold on, I'm clinging. We wanna teach you this song and in the middle of it, it has a simple chorus. It says, in the middle of all of our unfaithfulness, brokenness, sin, darkness of the world, evil that truly exists in the world, Christ is born. Right in the middle of that, Christ is born. That's what we celebrate. And then we're gonna light our candles and sing Silent Night, but take a listen to this song. The final fill-in on your notes. There's no better thing to do on Christmas Eve than respond to the message of Christmas. So I wanna invite you to pray with me. If you don't know Jesus yet, just pray in your heart right now. I wanna know you, Lord. I thank you for the message of Christmas. I thank you for the good news. I'm an unfaithful one. I ask for forgiveness for where I have fallen short. I pray that you'll meet me right here in the middle of all my circumstances and emotions and brokenness and bring me hope and life. Lead me in the way everlasting. I commit my life to you. Help me, Lord. And church, if you're just struggling, if you're hung up on something, pray with me now in your heart. We bring these to your altar, Lord, and we lay them down. We recognize the good news that this first Christmas and every Christmas since the Advent season is just real life. We recognize we're with others who are flawed and we take heart. We speak to our own soul to rise up in hope because you are the faithful one. And then you call us into faithful lives. You call us into lives of following your ways and we say yes to that. God, we thank you that Christ, our savior is born. We celebrate the good news. We celebrate the message of Christmas. We celebrate the beautiful things that happen in people's hearts right here tonight those that put their faith in you, those that surrender and lay down their burdens. We celebrate how you have transformed our lives. You have changed us. You have changed our families' lives. You have changed our kids' lives, our grandkids' lives. And even when we don't fully see that change yet, you are the faithful God whose word does not return void. We worship you, the faithful one. We honor you. We exalt you, the faithful one. This whole service and all of our celebrations, all of our visits, all of our presence 
giving out toys tomorrow, everything we're doing, every bit of food that we eat, every piece of chocolate, every drop of eggnog and hot chocolate, all of it is worship unto you, God. We celebrate your goodness, your faithfulness. May our hearts be oriented around you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. For those of you that are in town, uh, we invite you to join us on Sunday. We do a, what time are our services? 9 a.m. We do a 9 a.m. and a 10.30 a.m. We have our full kids ministry, everything happening. Beautiful time of worship. I'm gonna share a message on endings and beginnings. In my opinion, the best way to end a year and the best way to prepare to go into a new year. So we hope to see you there. I'm gonna pray this benediction and we'll be dismissed and then we can blow out our candles. This is the same benediction I prayed on Sunday, but I love it so much. May you be filled with the wonder of Mary, the obedience of Joseph, the joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the determination of the Magi and the peace of Christ. Almighty God, Father, and Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.